Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to the No Ratings Podcast. What another wonderful weekend of football. We've seen a record equaling victory, a Norwegian robot at his devastating best, and Arsenal shaking off old habits alongside Tottenham, who are suddenly up there. Uh, and last week, we did this new feature called this Icebreaker, which I've actually now come to like the name of. But essentially, we asked you a question, which we then had you debate on social media so that we could discuss and debate it at the top of this show. The question was, would you rather win a Champions League with your club side or a World Cup with your international side? Before I tell you the results, guys, what do we think? Remedy, would you rather Champions League or World Cup? It depends what I class as my country right if i if i if i class it if i class myself as english careful careful no i'm, I'm going off the, you know i'm going off you know, like i'm going off my ethnicity and my nationality my nationality is british my ethnicity is somali so if i'm going off my if i'm going off english you know what screw it world cup man world cup world cup really comes on once every four i know years. what happened there yeah. Halfway through the answer, you started to think, I'm about to get cancelled. I may as well just stop talking. There we go. There we go. You got me. You got me. Uh, Faisal, World Cup or Champions League? Uh, easy one. World Cup. Well, no which, which which country would you represent? Oh, uh, Iraq. Uh, 100%. Um, okay. So would you, would you take the World Cup with England? No. No. 
This believe country not, houses you. Believe it or not, uh, when I, I'm originally, I've got, um, I, was, I lived in Denmark for six years. And um, two years, when in the Euros, uh, we played England in the semis, Denmark and England. When Raheem Sterling dived to get that penalty, I was fuming. <laughs> I hated Raheem Sterling the whole season. Uh, and, and against Italy, believe it or not, I'm going to get a lot of hate on this. I was supporting Italy of England, but hey. Wait, what's that? So you're saying it's Iraq, Denmark, then England, which bear, <laughs> like for those at home, this brother does not live in Iraq or Denmark. He lives in England. He, and, he's and, sharing. And in that Euros, it was Iraq, Denmark, Italy, <laughs> and then England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, Sakib, you're wearing a French shirt. Um, yep. Your background, for those at home, is Pakistani, but also you live in England as well. I, was yeah, all... I, don't, I thought you were going to say French. I swear to God, I thought French. <laughs> I wish. You wouldn't get a game if you wanted to play for the French team. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might actually get in the Pakistan team, to be fair. But, if, um... if Pakistan made a World Cup, I don't think Pakistan have never made a World Cup. I don't even think they've got a football team, to be completely honest. I think they're in like the... the earliest stages of like Asian World Cup qualifying and don't even make it into the actual real qualifying. But um, for me, is I'm born in Watford, support Watford, the stadium, if I got up and looked out this window, the stadium is there winning a champion. But you know what it is? You know, like when you support Liverpool, Chelsea, you might have won Champions League. For Watford to win a Champions League, I, I, would, I would die happy. Like, that's it. Life has peaked. So, boyhood club, boyhood town. I'd be a hero in my own town. They'd give me like the keys and a statue. <laughs> but so, if you if you won the World Cup with England, for example, say you'd be a, a national hero anyway. Yeah, but I'd be one of like eleven national. If I played for Watford, how many other players born in Watford would play for Watford and win a Champions League? Whereas England, I'm just one of twenty three men with a medal. It's not the same. And then they'll be calling me the P-word next week anyway when something happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> Watford, Watford will just love you forever. <laughs> For those at home who just heard a bang, everyone's alive. My camera just couldn't believe what it just heard and threw itself to the ground, Raheem Sterling style. Oh, shit. <laughs> you, um, ask, you ask Pakayo Saka now if he'd rather win the Champions League with Arsenal or a World Cup with England. I reckon he'd take the Champions League right now. 100%. After what they did to him. You know what? I, I would love to ask him that question, but somehow I feel like it get turned on me and I'd never get a job in media again. So I will <laughs> not be asking Saka that question. Um, I went. I also went with World Cup, but I, I would win it with Pakistan. Like, if Pakistan made the World Cup, honestly, I, Pakistan don't win anything. So if Pakistan won the chess tournament in the World Cup, I'd love to represent them as well. So when it comes to football, I'd, I'd take it. Um, a hilarious story by the way and I hope to God this guy does not listen to the podcast but there's a guy that I know who's like a local guy I don't know how to word this sensibly um, and he he came home from like Pakistan trials and chest out shirt on saying he played for Pakistan I swear to God everyone thought he was playing cricket because this guy is shit at football like actually <laughs> not even good at football like in five aside he's the last guy getting picked he comes home. He comes. He comes to the next five side session. Pakistan, top to bottom. Like honestly, shirt, hoodie, like tracky shorts underneath, socks, socks underneath. Everything was Pakistan. And I was like, "Oh, bro, like, congrats, man! Like, oh, I can't wait for you to play with a 3D. If you don't know that, he's, he's, he's a, like a cricket icon." And he was like, "What?" I was like, "Like cricket, no?" And he was like, 
nah, bro, I play for Pakistan. I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, everyone at that point was just like, yeah, Pakistan ain't never making a World Cup. This this guy's a joker. Um, yeah, he, he's not a footballer. So um, yeah, I don't think Pakistan will win the World Cup anytime soon. Uh, so uh, on that basis, I'll probably take the Champions League, but with my local club, Bradford City and not Liverpool, because they've won it plenty of times. Um, we will be having another icebreaker at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. We have tons to look into, as always. Uh, we're not going to be going for the typical Haaland score a hat-trick. How good is Erling Haaland? You will hear that uh, on pretty much every TV channel that you watch, and it's pretty obvious the guy's pretty, pretty, pretty good. We're going to actually look at potentially managers to get sacked and also this 9-0 drubbing but in a different way than what you expect we're also going to be looking at transfer fees and this mental transfer window which by the way i also worked on with sky sports if you haven't watched any of those episodes go to google type my name you'll find me there um and also we are gonna have an ajax fan and who is a pretty well-known fan to hop on and talk about anthony and Yes, and there's more. We're going to build our 11-a-side team built from players outside of the top six. And that reminds me of a hilarious meme. Uh, Remedy, I feel like you're going to remember this. Do you remember this meme of Arsene Wenger? And he had his arm out like outside his body. And the caption was like, how are you hating from outside of the top four? You can't even get in. I think we have to do Tottenham. Do you remember that meme? I'll be right, I don't, but you know, I was going along with it. Yeah, I remember that one, man. Done your dirty there. Yeah, I totally remember it. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, before the pod, uh, Rimbledy said, Do you want me to do the intro for you? I see what's happening here. Rimbledy's just coming from my job. Um, no worries. Uh, let, let's, get, <laughs> let's get into the pod. Uh, Jurgen Klopp gave Scott Parker. A hug uh, when his side were winning 9-0. Do we think that was a little bit patronising? You're both football managers. You've both done an equal amount of badges. It's like all of us three getting A-stars and me getting one mark more and giving you a hug and going, you done good, man. You done good. Is it weird? It's definitely weird because if Parker... I think he did try to defend well, but if they'd parked the bus and... Managed to sneak a nil-nil. Clock would have, he wouldn't have complimented them. He would have said, "Oh, they didn't come to play football." And all. I, I don't know. And I think it was a smug, patronising hug. I've always thought that about Klopp. His colours change when things don't go his way. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I would have shaken off. If I'm a player watching that and another manager's hugging you, a little cuddle after he's beaten it, I lost respect. <laughs> Dressing room's gone. But that's me. Maybe that's why Watford change managers so often. Faisal, is this is this a weird vibe from Klopp? Is this maybe you know you're a Madrid fan? Madrid have locked horns with Klopp and Liverpool plenty of times. Is this uh, Klopp having behavioural issues again? But he does that all the time, though. Like when he wins, he's always that nice guy. When he when he loses or draws the game, he blames the pitch, he blames the fans, he blames the weather. Like it's not surprising, but I feel like. It was just disgraceful from Bournemouth. Scott Parker needs to be gone, sacked. What, like, you can't, like, this, the thing is, yeah, every season we see that from a new promoted team. But what, like, he, when he went to that game at Anfield, there was no convincing us that he went with a draw or anything. It was just disgraceful. He's, he's going to be the first person to be sacked. I predicted it when we did our video. 
and another video, he, he's going to be gone very soon. What's crazy that Liverpool could have won like 12 0 this game, honestly. If that mm. if that guy, uh, Faisal, I know you made a video about him, but Mohamed Salah, if that guy, if, if that guy just woke up, this game would have been like 12 0. Yeah. At yeah. least. Yeah. So if you're coming into a game and you're almost losing 12 0, and by the way, Scott Parker's been sagging off his players anyway. He's been saying they're not good <laughs> enough, they're not this, they're not that. Like, surely there should be something there that that makes you think, all right, either I go or I get sacked. Whatever it is, well, get me sacked so I get a little payoff. Something like that. It's, it's, it, what, he hasn't got the plays. Like, what do you do? They're, they're simply not good enough. Look, what is he relying on? And his players, and his players, is all championship players. I haven't, I haven't seen them sign. And like for Fulham, they went and signed Palinia, Solomon, Andres Pereira. Like, but where, who have they signed? They've signed. I, I don't. I, I can't recall anyone big they've signed. It's just Paul. I think. I think it just comes down to stubbornness. I think Scott Parker wants to get promoted, and want. I want to stay up and be like, look at me. I've done it without signing no one. But you, you see, I slightly disagree because he's actually he actually said in his post match interview we're unequipped for this level. Mm. So it tells me like he's actually saying that he wants signings and he wants players. Um, I mean, if I'm a player sat in that change room, I've just been battered nine on my manager saying you're unequipped. I don't <laughs> think that's going to help a lot. Like Scotty P, you know, you know, I think you're a pen guy, but that's a bit it's like dangerous territory. Like the heads are already <laughs> gone, and that's what you're saying after the game. Um, it does make it does make you think about a different topic though. Like Fulham have come up previously, spent a lot of money, went straight back down, had a lot of financial problems. Now they've come up again. They've been a little bit more sensible. You got Nottingham Forest closing in on their seventeenth signing. They've spent so much money. Um, but then Greek heroin side, money. Just let them know that. Yeah, just let allegedly, them know that. allegedly, allegedly. Don't, <laughs> allegedly. We don't want to get this. We don't want to get this off the airways, man. Allegedly, I, I, I prefer not to speak. He's not my business. <laughs> um, but you also then have like Norwich, who are pretty fine with coming up and down. Like they, they don't really care. I, f- I think Bournemouth are just trapped in the middle. Like maybe they're actually, yeah, we want to stay up where the cherries. Woo! But we also don't mind going down because we're the cherries. Woo! It's, it's like an in between of both. But can I? But can I highlight how bad Steven Gerrard is and Aston Villa? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going the- there. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go deep. Let's go deep. How bad is it that you're losing against this side? That you and 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 I I, the thing is with Gerard, yeah. He is he is the definition of vibes only. I don't see no tactics. I don't see nothing. One one game, I think he came out and said we need more um inside eights with the continuos and everything. Another another game he's he state he plays wingers, Bayi and Bendia. Next mm. game, he changed his tactics. What's going on, bro? That's... It's very disjointed. Do you know what? And I, from the rumours, anyway, from what I've read, when they they bid for Saar, which is obviously close to home, and I was looking at it and I thought, that's strange. You've got Berndia, Watkins, Bailey, Ings. Do you need Ismail Saar, who just literally can only play right wing and just run onto a ball? That's his skill set. And then they pulled out and I read that, oh, Gerard didn't want him, but it was agreed between the clubs and the higher-ups. And then once they fed it to Gerard, he's then said no, which just seems a weird way to go about it. You agreed a fee, you're you're looking at the player, you're speaking to the player, he's gone out in the press. Oh, and then you've asked the manager, oh, do you want this guy, by the way? Like, something's not quite right. You've got Coutinho, Bundia vying for positions. 
he's changing every week. He's got two two up top, Ings and Watkins. And then, you, like you said, going 4-3-3 or whatever. I, I don't think he knows what he's doing. You drop Mings, big, big statement. Take the captaincy off him and then your summer signing, Diego Carlos, gets injured. And you're like, hey, Tyrone, come back and help me, please. Like, how, how do you maintain respect when you're doing that? Tyrone Mings is a big, big leader, a big voice. Um, I think that's probably the beginning of the end when you, when you decide to make that call. Mm, mm. I feel like Free- I, just quickly. I feel like um, like they Villa in general. They just sign players for seven different teams. Like they sign a player <laughs> if you want. If you want to play like four four two, they'll sign a player for a four four two. But they'll also sign a player for a four three three. But then they'll sign a player who plays five at the back. Like their recruitment is just it doesn't make sense. Mm. And their recruitments, like the profiles that they sign, fit different managers. Yeah, it, it all doesn't make sense, man. This guy, Gerard guy, is a funny guy, man. I think his biggest, I, I think, his his biggest highlight is that walk off at, at Goodison Park. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think, other than, other than that, I haven't seen him do anything managerial capable of in the Premier League. I feel like there's two managers in the league right now that could have the same question asked. Frank Lampard is in a similar sort of boat. Villa have won three of fifteen. By the way, I've just read that right now. Uh, that obviously includes last season and it's league games only because they have beaten Walsall and Bolton but and and Rene, but I'm not throwing that in there because you know for a fact Lampard's in that in that dressing room going, we've won six in the last 15, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, boss, Walsall and Bolton don't count. Um, they've got a serious problem. And, and the problem, well, part of the problem here is also that they bought in Steven Gerrard from a Rangers job where he was absolutely killing it. I'm just putting out there, SPFL fans, it's a bit of a red flag. I'm not going to lie. Let me add to that, though. Just a note. Michael Bill, who is very highly regarded, was his assistant, actually left and is now doing a decent job at QPR. I think that might have a big part to play with. I think Gerard is vibes, like said. And I think tactics came from him. Now it's just solely vibes. And... You know what's and, weird? And, Go on. And let me just add to that as well. Rangers, the moment he left, Rangers went to the Europa League final. I'm just saying. I'm just and 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 then the Champions League final as well. Not Champions, sorry, Champions League Champions uh, this, proper, this year. Stage, yeah, yeah, they beat PSV away from home. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. One of the stories that's recently been breaking that I think we definitely need to talk about. Paul Pogba, what the hell is going oh. on? Uh, Faisal, I saw your tweets, please. And and Rimini, I saw your TikTok. So I'm expecting you two to provide the knowledge here because I saw a headline. Then I read a little bit in and I can't believe what I've read. And if you haven't read it, essentially, it is, am I right in saying that Paul Pogba is accusing his brother and a gang of blackmailing him for £13 million? And his brother has made a video to say he's got proof that Paul Pogba is basically a scumbag. That, that is correct. Uh, but I'll give, I'll give it to Remedy first and then, uh, and then I'll join mm. it afterwards. Now, it's just a crazy situation because you have... Two brothers, they basically look the same. They're literally like identical twins, even though they're not. They look exactly the same, but they're on two opposite sides. Um, Paul is saying that his his family is extorting him. His brother saying that Paul Pogba's a liar. He's this and he's that. It just makes you think, what is really going on? And it's like, there's always something going on about Paul Pogba. There's always something with him. And I don't know if it's the fact that he's Paul Pogba and he's one of the biggest players in the world in terms of name value, but it's like when... There's always something with him. And now this is just the latest thing. So, yeah, I'll give it to you, Faze, man. <laughs> I, did a, I, I, I did a video about it earlier. And then one, a, a French guy, DM'd me saying, uh, Paul, uh, Matthias Pogba, who's the, uh, who's the brother of Pogba, he was kept, he was kept in a hostage situation. 
So the, so the whole situation by the gang itself. So him wow. reading, so that two minutes video where he was reading off a script, that was a hostage video of him actually. And they had to make him repeat in four different languages, like English, French, and two other, two other languages. So at the moment, Spanish from what, Italian. Yeah, Spanish. So from what I've heard from this French guy, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's capital or not, but he said at the moment, his brother is kept in hostage and he wants Pogba and Mbappe, he mentioned Mbappe's name as well, to pay up the 13 million. If not, then, then come 1st of September, they're going to start exposing them. What they're going to, I mean, rumors are saying Pogba has been match fixing. He's been faking injuries. He's been leaking tactics to when he was at United. That was part of it. Rumors came out about Mbappe's contract with PSG. I don't know, man. Let's let's see what's going to happen first of September. Um, this has unfolded like a Bollywood film, hasn't it? There's a lot of <laughs> mad <laughs> shit going on. Yeah. French uh, gangsters are to not be played with. By French gangsters are different. Yeah, they're different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the I feel like what you just said there is like what they're exposing Pogba for. When you were going through the list in my head, I was thinking not to be like. Uh, a non-Pogbaist, but that could be true. Like a few dodgy the- things have been going on with Paul Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, 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 I love Pogba. I, I'm, I'm the biggest, one of the biggest Pogba fans out there. Oh, he's not going to go to the World Cup. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> for sure. Now, like things are bad for things are bad for France. Like I don't think this is the perfect timing for France, especially the World Cup is just two months away. I don't think, I think he's finished. I think if, if it comes out, what is going to come out, he's done. But, so, I, sorry, Saki, go on. Uh, I'm just being realistic. I don't think you can match fix on Pogba's level. Manchester United game, like, I don't know if you can do that. The faking injury, yeah, I've got a knee injury or a back injury. I can't play because I don't want to play for you, Oli. You're boring me and the team's rubbish. I get that. <laughs> um, and the latter thing you said as well, I can't remember. I mean, we said the second leaking, leaking tactic. Uh, yeah. All my United things seem to come out in the press. So I believe that. And I don't think even them two are crimes. So I don't think they'll finish him. If he has been match-fixing, then yeah, he's done. But I just don't think... You can't look at it as... Like, he's one of the most famous names. But ma- match-fiction actually isn't that difficult. I'm saying I'm saying it like I've done it. I swear to God I haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> match-fixing can literally be things like yellow card before the 80th minute. Pogba makes like two fouls in the first 20 minutes and they're soft fouls in the 75th minute. He took someone's shirt, no, he's getting, no, knows he's getting a yellow card. Someone puts like 10 bags on that. For those that have not been to London in their life, that's 10,000 pounds, if I'm not wrong. Um, okay, and the odds right. are like two to one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you're, you're making like 20 grand. So I don't think match fixing is actually as difficult as it appears um, and it might actually be easier on someone like Pogba's level because of how rich he is and how easily you can cover your tracks. Um, why Pogba would do that, I don't know. But there has been some past of Pogba being involved in, um, and this is all rumor speak, by the way. I'm not speaking from any sources that I know. Um, but I have read, and these threads have gone around that Pogba's been in, had problems with like uh, French gangs before. Um, so there's a lot of potential background for this to potentially be true um how they kidnapped his brother and like got him to read a note out in four different languages i mean that just on a hilarious level the recording of that must have been hilarious <laughs> <It's> been like, <laughs> man's like scared for his life like could you do that again 
Or like you got someone in the room, like they actually don't have a person who speaks German or Italian. They're like, "Yo, can you just <laughs> can you just get Laurie on the phone? Because yeah. ain't none of us speaking Italian." <laughs> um, but it's a, it's I mean, a it's, very serious, it's very serious situation. It's not, it's not the first one. Benzema's and the Tate with their Valbuena. I think mm-hmm. so. Someone slapped someone's wife. A French player slapped another player's wife. There's it seems to be a lot going on in them French waters. Um, wasn't didn't Adrian Rabio's mum square up to Mbappe's mum or something? Something yeah. like that. Or no, it's the Pogba's family. Yeah. yeah so that... Pogba involved again. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Like I love Pogba as well, but if all this stuff came out, like real talk, really, would you be surprised? Um, you know what? I will be because I w- I've always thought of Pogba as this, you know, the stand-up guy. I watched his Pogmentary. I was a Pogba fanboy. Um, he came across as a nice guy. Maybe it was PR. So I'll be truly hot. Okay, let me let me cut the act. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, it's, look. If it comes out, it's just gonna be like, oh, all right. Like his name has always been surrounded by problems, but like this will just be like the cherry on top of everything. I don't want it to happen. But if it does, it will just be like, why? And I think the mastermind behind it is Graham Sunis. I think he, he's the one. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think he's the one who's he planned the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, think it would, I, I think it would genuinely shake football for a good couple of weeks if it comes out that Pogba deliberately is getting yellow cards, he's maybe deliberately number of throw-ins or something like that. I, I think that would be it. Has anyone on that level ever done anything in any sport? Lance Armstrong cheating maybe in a couple of cricket scandals. That You'd be the most famous, most well-known sports star to be involved in a fiction scandal, surely. Unless, unless, unless he pays the 13 million, which is, which is another thing. So yeah. This is a real catch-22, though. Let's just put ourselves in a situation. If you paid 13 million for someone to keep their mouth shut, then there's going to be more people trying to find this dirt on you because you're clearly covering something. But then, if he doesn't pay thirteen million, then what? Well, he can, or he he can literally pay the thirteen million and they expose him anyway. Like, what's the guarantee? Mm. And, the person, think... and the person who's going to expose him is his brother. I mean, that's just bad. Yeah, <laughs> I completely, like, completely forgot about that part of the story. <laughs> what is happening in the Pogba like, household? M- Mateus Pogba, he came out today with some crazy tweets. He he's calling his brother like. Oh, uh, when when the truth is when the truth is revealed today, you all know how much of a hypocrite he is, how much of a liar he is. All this kind oh. of stuff that you're saying about your little brother, I find that Wait, crazy. Di- but didn't Faisal just say that apparently he was getting forced to say this? This is allegedly. We don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But the tweet, but the, the tweets are real, though, right? If you're saying they're legit from his brother's account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's here. Oh. I'm reading it right now. But I mean, if they've got him hostage, doesn't sound very forced. But if they can get him to talk, they can definitely get him to type. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm. Come on. Um, yeah, it's, it's a mental, mental situation with Pogba and everything going on. I would love to be involved, not involved, but I'd love to know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall because um, whatever happens here, I think Pogba is in bother, whatever happens. He's also injured, so he may miss the World Cup anyway. But if he misses the World Cup, people are going to be like, oh, Pogba. Um also, Graham Sunis has not been on Sky for the last two weeks. Just saying. Um, <laughs> that's something I've noticed. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Um, anyway, from uh, one expensive Manchester United signing to another, 
Uh, Anthony is pretty much confirmed. It's had the here we go from Fabrizio Romano, which is, I mean, we will do an entire episode on this man because he's become Mr. Transfers, uh, sat in his desk or on his desk, even not in his desk in Italy. Um, but it's on to Anthony and also all the other transfers that have been going on. Uh, but on this particular one, we're going to be joined by Mark Geshwind, uh, who's going to talk us through what Anthony might bring to United. The news is breaking that Anthony is set to sign for Manchester United. And I thought, well, you have three guys in here, four guys on a regular basis, chatting about Premier League football and everything else. But do we truly know Anthony's abilities? I thought, I know a guy. I know a guy. Who knows a guy? Who knows a guy? Who knows everything there is to know about Anthony himself? Mark Geshwind, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Um, been digesting all of the news of this crazy transfer window today. Um, the saga with Anthony has been long, but seems like it's finally come to a close. And um, just looking forward to, to moving past it. Moving past it. Well, before we move you past it, Let's talk about it. I feel like it may be a little bit painful, although it, it feels like the route he took out of the club might soften the blow a little bit. But Anthony himself, what are Manchester United getting here? Because 100 million euros is about 88 million pounds, if my math is correct, which it normally is. That's a lot of money. ton of money. Um, it's it, it, There's so many angles of this transfer that, that, that you can talk about. But I think if you ignore the fee for a little bit and you just focus solely on the player, Manchester United are definitely getting a very, very, very talented player who's going to come in and make an immediate impact just based on his pace alone, his direct running alone, um, and his ability to just offer something new to the team. Um, no, no left-footed wingers in the squad currently. Um, no one who really loves to drive at defenders and like make things happen. Jaden Sancho is not really that player. Mark, can I ask, having seen some tweets roughly saying, I think it's five goals, five assists last season. Is that maybe correct? Um, I think it, eight, eight goals, four assists in the Eredivisie eight. last season. Okay, cool. So 12 goal contributions. Is that, why is that? Is that because he's not a good finisher? Is that because... That's not his main job. His job is to create the space and scare other and allow the others to roam in. What what do you think he's going to bring? It's a combination, I think, of, of some of the factors that you mentioned. Um, so first, his role in the team was really to play as a very, very wide winger and to try and sort of just, you know, unbalance opposition defenses with his positioning as is. And then his primary goal was then to, you know, float some crosses into Haller, for example, um, try and take people on and shoot. So he's not always, you know, getting right in front of goal. He's not really crashing the box to maybe get in some easier tap-ins and kind of inflate his numbers a little bit. But I think it's concerning. And that's one of the things that he's going to have to improve significantly to justify a hundred million um, Euro transfer fee is start contributing more goals. Um, and goals aren't everything. Assists aren't everything. There's many other things that go into a successful player and helping a team be more successful. But the numbers aren't great. There are other players in the Eredivisie that did better than he did. Um, Luis Sinistera, who signed for Leeds, had a better, um, mm. had more goal involvements playing for a worse team than Anthony, and I think it, it, it highlights some of his flaws. 
One thing I wanted to ask was a lot of the criticisms that have been levied towards Anthony is the fact that creatively he's very similar to Sancho in terms of his profile. So how do you think Manchester United can adapt around that? Because if you say Anthony's a type of player that love uh, that prefers to receive the ball to feet and Sancho is another player that likes to do that, how do you think Man United or Eric Ten Hag can go about that issue? I think at least with Anthony and Sancho, I do think they can complement each other. I think Sancho has been a little bit misprofiled as like a someone who should really be hugging the touchline and playing too wide as it is. I, I would imagine that Ten Hag wants him to drift a little bit more like a Dusan Tadic in his system um, and maybe come in a little bit more centrally. Um, but it's going to be a challenge. You you need somebody running in behind. And if your two wingers are Sancho and Anthony, which I in, imagine is the plan, Sancho on the left, Anthony on the right, you might run into some issues with how similar they are and their lack of desire to run in behind. Can you maybe compensate for that with Rashford through the middle, who has shown um, a proclivity for for making runs in behind, maybe. Um, but I totally agree with you. It's it's something that's that's going to be a challenge for them. They're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to pair them with the right fullback combination um, because you need fullbacks over overlapping the two of them. You can't just have one of them. Sancho's not as effective if he doesn't have a fullback coming around him because he's not the quickest. Um, Anthony maybe a little bit less so, but he similarly, you know, he loves to chuck check in on his left foot like an Aryan Robin and Riyad Mahrez and both of those players really thrive when they have a fullback that can come around them. So profile wise, you're kind of looking at two similar sides on the left and the right. Um, Anthony, I think just gives you a little bit more pace and directness, whereas Sancho is more of a playmaker um, and someone who I think wants to drift inside a little bit more. But it's going to be a challenge for, for Ten Hag. He's, he's going to have to figure it out a little bit. And um, he might have to play around with some profiles. Maybe it isn't Sancho starting on the left. Um, maybe it's Alanga. Um, maybe it's someone like Rashford. Um, maybe it's someone like Bruno. And and you kind of go throw it back to, to Ten Hag's usage of Hakim Ziyech, where he used them as like a r- inverted sort of right, um, right winger, but he was more of like a playmaker. He could drift all over the field. Maybe that's where he puts Bruno on the left-hand side, so you get a little bit more variety. Bruno on the left, Anthony on the right. There are some options, but I agree. As it stands on paper, you would think Sancho-Anthony is the combination. They both want it to beat. Is that going to be a problem? We'll see. The golden question before I let you go, is he worth 100 million euros? Loaded one. To Ajax, (laughs) I guess so. To Ajax, I guess so. Objectively, no. Um... I think this is a huge overpay. Um, but, you know, what transfer isn't these days? It, it, it's such a hard question because it's like, mm. are you going to look at comparative, comparatively to other transfers in the league? I mean, when you look at Anthony Gordon for 65 million pounds potentially happening, in that case, Anthony's maybe worth like 150 <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, you talk about a player who has no end product and has never shown any end product. That's Anthony Gordon. Uh, he scored his first really like real goal this weekend. I know that compilation of his fluke goals on Twitter has been making the rounds recently. Um, so it's a tricky one. Like coming from the Eredivisie, the type of goal returns that he has, I wouldn't have paid more than 60, 70 million probably. Um but at the end of the day, you're getting a good player. And I think looking at transfer fees these days is just so tricky because they're all ludicrous. And at a certain point, you kind of just need to overlook that. Think about the player you're getting. 
hope they make up for it and also consider, you know, what might you have done with those funds otherwise? Um, would United really have done anything else? Would they have brought in two players with that hundred million? Would they have done, you know, just spent it, you know, a significant chunk of that on another player who maybe Ten Hag didn't want as much. It's so hard to say. There's so many things that go into it, but I guess if I had to give an answer, not worth the 100 million. There's a few red flags for United fans, but some green ones as well. Not that green flags is a sign for anything at all. Uh, Mark, thank you so much, man. I know it's uh, crazy times in the USA. You've been traveling all day. So uh, hopefully we'll speak soon. And hopefully that'll be after we know a bit more about Anthony in the Premier League. We shall see. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. So Mark's given us the lowdown. He thinks Anthony is not worth 100 million euros, but he did have a very good reason uh, and a very safe one. He really, like, towed the line. So, seeing as we're not after safe in this room, Faisal, please, is Anthony worth 100 million euros? No. Uh, <laughs> he's not worth... But then again, then again, I think it comes down to the market now. I think 100 million... I think he's the best, per, best person United could have grabbed out of different bunch of players. And I think he's the person United's been needed for now several years. He now ticks the right wing position. Is he worth 100 million? He hasn't scored double digits in, in, in the Dutch league. Which is, I mean, I mean, that's just, that's appalling. But I don't know. I feel like maybe he's the person United need, but he's not, he's nowhere near worth 100 million. I just don't think he does what United need. He doesn't do enough. And if we're looking at rebuild stages, if I'm thinking, Liverpool, I would say Liverpool 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago, Klopp hero in a similar boat. You're looking at Mane, you're looking at Salah, you're looking at Alisson, Van Dijk, Robertson. Maybe Malassia maybe might be the Robertson, but is Anthony going to make the impact of a Mane, a Salah, a Firmino? I don't think so. I just don't think he's enough to make you that but good. What I, what I find crazy is that, like, what is a hundred million hundred million pound player these days? Mm. Like, it could be anyone. Bro, you stick, uh, you stick Faisal, you stick Nabed, you you guys will probably be sixty million in this market right now. So if you think about like where the market is going, like you can't just say oh, 100 million, yeah, oh my god, it's crazy. Because ten years ago, Bale was a hundred million. Everyone would say Bale's not worth a hundred million, but now but we I'm, think, ba- yeah. If, if you're looking at right Brazilian, right winged Brazilians, I'm Rafinha. Uh, hundred million, I'm not too mad at it. I, if you're a Premier League club. I thought like you've seen he can do it in the Premier League. Obviously, he wanted to go to Barcelona or whatever. But that, whilst he might not be a £100 million player by definition, I think is a more calculated gamble and one that this feels risky. Very and risky. And I think you provide, can get more for your money. It gives, it gives like so much pressure onto Anthony as well because mm. like what they were they were very cheeky with the way that they said the price. It's €100 million. Euros, but now people are just going to take it as €100 million. So let's mm. say Anthony doesn't perform. It's not he's the eighty-eight million pound player. He's the hundred million pound player flopping. So mm. it's a crazy thing that you have to think about. Yeah, um, um, I don't think anyone's worth a hundred million. If you haven't, if you haven't scored double-digit figures in the best league in the world, or the most competitive league in the world, or in the Champions League, then you're not worth a hundred million. Regardless of what what hundred what a hundred million is worth. I, like I know, obviously the market's inflated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're just getting ripped off. Like <laughs> that's the that's the long and short of it. Anthony may come good. He might be worth a hundred million in four years' time. But at this moment in time, there are no guarantees. Nothing even 
tells you a smidge that he'd be worth 100 million. Yes, the market's inflated, but 100 million for any player is, in my opinion, ridiculously expensive. And also, considering Manchester United and the size of the club, anyone who signs for that club seems to get battered by their price tag more than any other club. Jaden Sancho is feeling that now. Every every touch is, he has a bad touch, and people are like, oh, that was a three million pound bad touch, mate. Um, so there's there's a lot of that happening. I mean, one of their own Rashford, who they got for free, is getting that in the neck at the moment. So I think uh, it's a bit of a poison chalice going to Manchester United for uh, any sort of price that's expensive. Um, some uh, someone else, another Anthony, and you touched on this earlier, Faisal. So I'm going to come to you. Up to sixty million pounds. Uh, I'll give you a quick stat here. Uh, he started 33 Premier League games in his career. Uh, he has scored, hasn't scored 10, by the way, uh, at, at this point in all the games he's played in the Premier League. Um, and he's got a really bad haircut. Oh, very bad. Very, very bad haircut. Like He needs to sack his barber straight away. <laughs> but but no, nah, I feel like Chelsea, this again, this might a lot of Chelsea fans off. Chelsea has learned out the better player that they had. I think uh, Cho Hudson-Odoi is the same level as Anthony Gordon. So why are you spending £60 million on Anthony Gordon, whose preferred pos- his preferred spot is the left wing position, but you're going to force him on the right? But even then, you've got Mason Mount. So where, what, where, where are you going to be playing them? Uh, £60 million for Anthony Gordon is it's dis- ugh, it's disgraceful. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, that's English tax on the definition of English tax. If he wasn't English... He would be nowhere near 60 million. He would be worth 20. If Ooh. most. If most. If most. He uh, is. That's extremely harsh. 20 is harsh. He's a couple, mate, a couple of goals with, with Everton in a bad Everton side. Of course, he's going to stand out. Of, like, who's, who, who are you, how are you expecting to stand out? Like, My question is do, do we think, and this is just a question, I'm, I haven't even answered it myself. A billion pound operation like Chelsea is is just looking at it and thinking, oh yeah, he's, he's looked right. And there must be. I'm struggling to find it. What is it that they're looking at that's made them say yes, we need him? Is he's very quick and he's probably a good ball carrier, but I'm I'm wondering what boxes he's ticking for them that's making them go, yeah. I don't I just don't get how you can be a business operation that generates so much money and looking at him and thinking, yeah, he's worth sixty million pound. I think twenty is harsh. I think his next move should be like a step up, West Ham, maybe. Ooh, See, I don't think tw- I don't think twenty million is harsh. I think like, like even in an inflated market, twenty million is still expensive. Like, Faisal said twenty million. I was like, I'm not gonna lie, that still feels a bit on the expensive side. Um, I'm looking at his Ismail Asada. I watch week in week out. Was worth twenty five. If he's worth twenty five, I think Anthony Gordon is thirty five. That's fair, but. If I'm not wrong, and I don't need a stat to tell me this, uh, Ismail Shah has started more Premier League games than Anthony Gordon, and he spent just as much time in the Championship. And he's definitely scored more goals than Anthony Gordon. He's got more assists than Anthony Gordon. And I know we shouldn't just look at stats, but when you're a winger who's going for that type of money, you have to look at stats. And if Ismail Shah were, were out there right now for £25 million and Chelsea could get him, and they're choosing to go and get Anthony Gordon for nearly three times the price... I'm I'm with Faisal here, and I'm saying some someone's got a screw loose there. And I don't mean to, I'm not saying Anthony Gordon's not a good footballer. But what I'm saying is that is a, an extortionate amount of money. And like, I, think 20... I, might be, I might be the only guy that actually likes Anthony Gordon, and I think he has a role in this Chelsea team. Look, 
When we look at Anthony Gordon, he's a player that really shone in a team that almost relegated last season. He was used as an outlet last season. I think he's not going to be used as a winger. He's not going to be used as a forward. That guy is a right wing back for Tommy T. Reese James is going to move to right centre back. Anthony Gordon is a he's going to be a right wing back for Chelsea. And I don't want to see Loftus cheek there. Oh. I think he could put in a good cross. I think he's very technical. He's very secure on the ball. I understand what Faisal said about Callum Hudson Odoi. I just think it just wasn't it for him at Chelsea. I don't know what bro, it was. Bro, bro. So, uh, sorry, to sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. So you, oh. you said play him right wing back, yeah? Uh, yeah. And then play Reese James right centre back, yeah? yeah where the like hell that. Where the hell does Fafana 80 million go? See, this is a Chelsea problem. Because, <laughs> because Anthony, Anthony Gordon is not... I don't think he's a forward. I don't think he's a forward like that. I think if he plays forward, I completely agree with everything that you guys said. He doesn't get the goals, doesn't get the assists. But if he's a wing-back and, and we saw what he could do on the counter or, or with space in front of him for Everton, I don't know what Chelsea are doing with Fofana. But like they lost Rudiger, they lost Christensen. Uh, Aspilicueta is getting on now. They probably need the centre-backs in now because who do they have now? Silva, uh, Koulibaly... Chaloba, uh, Aspilicueta. I, obviously, one more would be nice in terms of Fofana as well. I think Fofana gives him different options. I disagree. Yeah, that, that one's not crazy, I don't yeah. think. That one's not crazy. But See, that one's not crazy. But for the Gordon price... at right wing back stinks, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Fragile he is. He's so frail as well. He's going to be doing clip nothing this. going that All way. right, cool. Clip this. Also, clip also just, just quickly, already, I know you're going to defend Gordon Hedge. I'm just going to add another caveat to that. I'm pretty sure he's like five foot one. Across back pose, he's getting ended. Mitrovic is, is cooking on that <laughs> left. He's doing that climb. The Mitrovic, he's putting the hands on the shoulders. Gordon's turning into Kentucky fried chicken. And he's, <laughs> he's bullet heading in the top corner. But Rimidi, please put forward your your case for Anthony Gordon at right. He's whipping out a notepad. I can see the notepad. Anthony Gordon is six foot. <laughs> there is no way Anthony Gordon Anthony, Anthony Gordon, Gordon is not as, if Anthony, Anthony Gordon's Gordon six foot six, he's I quite lanky this, to be fair I'll eat this plastic bottle there is no eat, way Anthony Gordon's right six now. foot eat it right now go check you check you he's 1 meter 83 that's six foot look Anthony Gordon is a player that okay he might get a lot of hate but I think Anthony Gordon is going to be a very useful player for Thomas Tuchel I think the value of course is a bit high but I think there's a plastic bottle going in Nubade's mouth right now. And I also think that Anthony Gordon is going to be a decent player for Chelsea. I think he's not going to be the world-class, but I think he's a solid right wing back. Question, question. That's just a, it's been a theme throughout, I think. Might get cut out, to be fair. Do you think Anthony Gordon is punished slightly or perceived worse than he is because of how he looks? Just skinny, frail, spotty, here, like teenager. Do you think if he was like... Blonde, I agree with yeah, yeah, me. If you look I, like me, oh, you rated him more. <laughs> I genuinely think he's a slight victim of his of his face. No, no I, I agree. If he had if he had skin fade and some tattoos <laughs> and some and some, and some tattoos, yeah, he's 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 worth sixty million. He's worth, <laughs> <laughs> he's worth sixty million. They say at least forty five. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to quickly touch on this Anthony Gordon. Uh, weight and height thing. According to this website, Eurosport, he's actually 1.73, not 1.83. Uh, according to this also, he's 68 kilos, which I actually think is quite heavy for a man who looks so skinny. Uh, 1.73 meters would make him about five foot nine, if I'm not wrong. Um, you do realize that he's still growing. 
like, okay, cool. How many websites did you find the one meter seven? Because I'm looking at one, bro. I'm looking at five websites that say he's six foot. Okay, I, the reason I'm telling you, he's uh, okay. Soccer Wiki says he's 1.74. Um, celebrity Height says 1.73. Transfer market says 1.82. I swear to God, I've stood next to the guy and he is not... I don't know what a six-foot guy looks like, bro. I've been living in the shadows my whole life. So I, I, reckon, I reckon he had a Tinder profile somewhere with six foot on it for the girl. <laughs> That's where he's like getting his sources from. <laughs> he's not six foot. He's streaky, um, but... Yeah, I mean, the, the prices are very inflated. For those that are listening, we are going to be doing a transfer special uh, where we're basically going to have an hour-long chat, about an hour and a half, actually, uh, on deadline day about all the transfers that have been happening across Europe, the big ones, the small ones, uh, and dissecting them, and also having a ton of guests on who specialize in certain clubs. So we will be talking transfers. Right, we're going to head for a little break, but just before I do, have a little think about this, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on the toilet, early doors, that is where I listen to my podcast, or before you hop in the shower, or... I don't know, on the tube or in your car or wherever else you like to listen to your podcast. Who's the best player outside of the top six teams? Murphy's kept it in. And then defending from Wolf Sam Murphy. Oh, what a goal! Time for a very, very, very tasty task. We are going to compile the best 11-a-side team outside of the top six. And the reason this is going to be really interesting is instead of us naming our 11 and go, oh, this guy's good, he's a very, very, very good man, we're going to actually name an 11 that we all collectively work on. And uh, Sinas Faisal loves to have debates. And for those that are uh, sat at home wondering why I'm saying that, before Faisal actually hopped on this pod, he just went on Sharky's before, and he arrived having had a very heated debate. He was red in the face. He had a shark in a headlock. And he pointed to the camera and said, this is the podcast I want to be on. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> that's what just happened. Yes, that is exactly what happened. Uh, we're going to be playing a 4-3-3. Um, so let's start with goalkeeper. And I think we'll be pretty similar. I've, I've gone with Robert Sanchez. Details. Same. I went with Jose Saab, but I don't mind. I don't mind Robert Sanchez. Okay, Robert Sanchez is our keeper. Sakib, I hope you're keeping note of this. Um, um, right back. Ah, I've got a feeling this could be tasty. Uh, we'll go in reverse order this time. Sakib, who you got at right back? Uh, reluctantly, you went Kieran Trippier. Faisal? Trippier as well. Really? A three for Trippier. Oh <laughs> my God, really? Yeah. I went Matty Cash, you know. Oh, get that guy out of here. <laughs> get him out of here. Right, well, um, Trippier is that's a big-time recency bias. That's all. I'm, I'm an analytical watcher, you know. I don't watch... No, I was actually going to say Livermento because I really, really like yeah. him. But, yeah, I have to say Trippier. And, and by the way, it's not recency bias. He won He won. This, he won the league with, with Atletico Madrid as well. Oh, so, I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying... In an ideal world, it would have been Tarek Lamptey, like in a dream world, but even Potter's not starting him anymore, so I don't know what's going on there. But for vibes, Lamptey. Faisal's <laughs> watched La Liga a few times, clearly. Um, <laughs> Centre-backs, this this was tricky, you know, because I think, in my opinion, I think that some of the lower 
sides have centre-backs who are just kick-it-lump-it centre-backs, but people think they're a lot better than that. Um, so, who have we gone for? Faisal, who you got at centre-back? Two or one? Uh, we'll go with one. I've got Anderson. That's the right centre-back. Oh, how did I miss that one? <laughs> <laughs> That's really annoying. Okay, Rimindy? I've made the same mistake as you. So, I'll just go with Anderson. Anderson's my guy now. Well, who did you go for before? It was Fofana, but I didn't know if he's Ooh. a Chelsea player now, if he's a... Uh... I'll rule him out. Okay, Spinner yeah. Anderson. Uh, I went Joachim Anderson, funnily enough. I actually went Mark Gee. Nice. Um, what's the problem, Remedy? Anything I say now, Remedy's like, you went after me for finance, I'm cutting you off. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just think I, like you could look at who's really the, the guy in that defence and I think it's Anderson I'll be real here's my slight worry right Anderson played for a relegated Fulham side where he eventually started making a lot of errors I think at the moment there's a whole thing around he picks out wonderful crossfield diags and there's a lot of people talking about it and I think there's a I think he's a good defender, but I definitely think there's like this growing feeling towards, oh, he's this wonderful defender. He can pass a ball. He can pass a ball. Um, so that's all I'm saying, but I won't oppose it. It's free in his favor. Uh, the other center back, and it's hilarious that I'm going to you guys first. I genuinely can't remember my team un- until after you guys have mentioned your players. <laughs> um, who have you gone for at center back, the other side, Remedy? Uh, I went for Adam Webster. Who? Should, what? Adam Webster. Here we go, man. Here we go, man. Here we go, man. The, the casuals are, are listening. I'm pretty again. sure you made a TikTok. You made a TikTok. I made, it, I made a TikTok. I made a tweet. Bro, Adam Webster is that guy, bro. You watch that guy. He's so calm. He's so composed on the ball. I know I'm, having, I'm hearing a couple laughs down the other side of, my, of the phone screen right now. But I think Adam <laughs> Webster is really that guy, honestly. You're stressing me out, man. Adam Webster, you know. He, he can't even play left centre-back, but let's not get into technicalities. Faisal, tell me, tell me you haven't put Adam Webster. I'm not going to lie, yeah. Adam Webster's my honourable mention. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, but, we go. I, but I went with the new summer signing for Newcastle, Sweat Buckman. That is a lie. That is a lie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I did go with Webster. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's Webster. Right. So he was laughing at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, sorry. I had, yeah, I had bottom as honorable mention. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, listen, big up, Remedy. Remedy's big up, big up, big up, big up, big up. Two faced guy, man. Um, I think I'm going to be split here unless you go with me. It's Seven Botman. Right, that was not my plan. Um, I've actually gone with Salisu. And if you listen to this pod a lot, you know I love that guy. Um, I think he's class, man. He's going to be a superstar. Um, he's got everything. And and I think he's technically a lot better than people think. Uh, I don't think we've got a big enough sample size on Sven Botman. And I refuse to have Webster in this team. So I might go Botman just so we don't have to have Webster in this team. Well, is this like an executive decision or something? Because there were two votes for Webster here. Right, wait, and I just said, I'm going to go Botman now. <laughs> so oh, now there's fair, two Botman fair. votes and fair, there's two fair. Webster votes. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a problem here. I Look, I think, I just don't think Webster's the guy. That's what I'm going to say. You know what? Botman was also on an honourable mention. You can take Botman. There you Thank go. Thank you, Remedy. 
Ruben, you understood the assignment there. Um, <laughs> left back, I've gone really random here. He, we haven't seen him play for ages. Uh, James Justin. Nice. Okay. Oh, I thought people were going to boo that one. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit off, but but I'll let, I'll let it slide. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let it slide. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got the summer signing now. I've got, I've got the summer signing. He, he hasn't, he hasn't kicked ball in the Premier League yet. Uh, he's going to kick ball next week. Um, Forrest just signed him. Rena Luddy. No, no, no. Saki, let's, let's hear Saki and Remedies, then I'm going to chat to you about Renan Lodi because it stinks. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play plain and simple, mate. Luca Dinier. Nah, massively. Oh, if, if we approve Luca Dinier, I'm not doing these teams anymore. I'm out. <laughs> Luca Dinier, mate. Him and Trippier either side, sorted. Yeah, who's defending, bro? <laughs> Don't you worry. My, my DM was cleaning it all up. Hey, if we had Webster at centre back, he'd be struggling because he won't be able to get wide covering that left back. <laughs> um, Remedy, who's your left back? Mine was Ait Nori from Wolves. Oh, I don't think that's a bad one. No, I'm, I'm just going oh because now we've got a problem. We've got four different left back. Now I, I'm going to publicly put out there absolutely veto. Thank you. Thank <laughs> good it, choice. It's it's stupid and at Brighton. He used to play for Watford. Give it six months, you might like a stupid and a lot. It's good player i already do actually i think he is good but um you need a fresh left back suggestion we've got three in here do you like any of the three that are currently in the room uh eight nor is too skinny and young for me at the moment you got no, you has... definitely you definitely this is hilarious right and i'm not i'm not cutting you up here but you're not like you're not brock lesnar and every two seconds, this guy's too skinny know. for me. <laughs> but he's just a bit, he's a bit fragile, a bit weak. Yeah, he, he isn't decisive in his play yet. But potential is high. Lodi, I haven't seen him play much. I don't watch La Liga like that. So I can't tell you if he's going to be a success or not. Who was your shot in the bed? James Justin. I'm not going yeah. with James Justin. That I'm stinks as well. I'm, that not, stinks. I'm not going with James Justin. No, we, we put that him in this stinks. team. He has another ACL injury, man. I'm not, I'm not going with James Justin. Like I'll I'll, I'll, comp- I'll compromise on Ainuri, I'll compromise, but I'll, I'll stick with Luddy though. I don't. I, I, I mean, I mean, from the four from the four people that we've just mentioned, Luddy is the best person. Yeah, I agree. I think Ren and Luddy, everyone happy? Not happy. Yeah, well. very. I'm tired. Oh, tired. <laughs> um, midfield three, I think it's going to get tasty. Let's go with the man in the middle. Um, Rumi, you can start us off. I'm torn between two, so I don't mind. All right. So one, I went for Declan Rice. The other one, I went for Ruben Nevers. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. And uh, I enjoy watching Ruben Nevers more, but Declan Rice has obviously has the big name. You know, I'm going to go Ruben Nevers for the way I want to play in my team. Saki? Declan Rice. Faisal, you and me now, all the way, hand in hand, to the edge of the sand. What are you saying? Uh, as a six, I've got Declan Rice as well. All right, this is a 2v2 because I've gone Ruben Neves. Um, for the way my team plays, Ruben Neves is critical. and uh, I do Rice like covers, Rice. covers far more ground. He's far more athletic. He'll get you the ball back far more than Neves will. I think, I think, I think, I think with this team, I think let's say I, I might compromise. If if what's what's your A? What's your the person playing, uh, playing next to him? 
uh, Bruno Gomeres. Same. Me too. Same. Okay, so okay, so then what's, what's your other side? The right, other... I, yeah, and then who's your ten? I've got uh, Madison. I've got Madison as well. Same. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So my left centre mid, I either said Tielemans, I completely forgot about Madison, or I said Lucas Paqueta. Lucas Paqueta's a cheeky shout, but I don't think he's quite ready yet. I mean, but we just put Ren and Lottie in. See what he did? Then we're back to this number eight then. So now that we've had out the, uh, six, the rest of our midfield three, uh, Ruben Nevers or Declan Rice, Faisal and uh, Sakib, are you willing to negotiate on Rice? Um, no, I think Nevers is... Madison doesn't work that hard. And then you're leaving Bruno to do a lot of work because Nevers doesn't... He tries, but I don't think he defends as well as Rice. Rice will just cover so much ground, get the ball back, give it to my two ball-playing players. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I don't need my DM to be ball-playing. And 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 on top of that, Nevis doesn't work in a lone pivot. He works in a double pivot with someone next to him. In my team, I've got him as a lone pivot, as a as a, as a one and then two in front of him. If I, I, I would only have Nevis if I've got another one person next to him. So no, I'm staying with Declan Rice as well. It's turned into a dragon's den here. Um, you see, I mean, in... uh, you know what? Don't do it, Remedy. Don't get bullied. Wilfred and Dino. Nah, I look at Declarice. I just think me. Yeah, when it comes to him, he's so good at like striding with the ball forward, and it is aesthetically. Oh. Oh, man, I just love Ruben Neves. It's hard, man. Oh, yeah, we completely forgot. Oh, I don't know. You might all disagree with me. Tariq Mitchell at left back. Good bloody player. Didn't even get a mention, but sorry. Carry on. Yeah, no, shut up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's a good player, man. He's a championship footballer. Um, no, I'm kidding. He's decent. But yeah, no, I'm not. I don't feel very comfortable. Re- you see, uh, here's my debate for Ruben Neves. So you're saying Rice is a better athlete, etc., etc. If Rice goes walkies in possession, I can guarantee you Madison is not filling that hole and neither is Bruno Gomeres. So now you've got three midfielders all out of position and then those centre-back choices of Joachim Anderson and Webster are getting cooked because neither of them are quick, but Mark Gay and Salisu are quick. So now all of a sudden, the system that I built, it has its means and yours does not. <laughs> I think we settled on Botman in the end, by the way. I don't know if that changes anything for you. Anderson and Botman. Botman's still slow. He's 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 even slower than Webster, to be fair. <laughs> Damn. So now Ruben Nevers looks attractive, doesn't he? Should we put? A, should we sort the front wait, three wait, out? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What, what, wait, wait, what form are you? Are you doing four three three? Well, like four three three works, or like a four uh, One, two, two three. Yeah, whatever you feel like works. But, but then again, way. then again, Nevis works in a four three three. He works as an eight better than a six. And Declan uh, Rice works. Uh, yes, he does. I think Nevis is a six. But in in a four three three, he's not going to be playing. He's not going to be playing the six. He I can't play he the does. six. He I can't play he the can. six. He can't. He can't. With with Why? Wolves, he's got Matuidi next to him. He hasn't played a six with Wolves. But look at what he does when he has the ball. He's he's not someone that. What do you want from your eight, by the way? Phase I want. Like I, I want. I want them to be athletic. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> 
phase you're taking way too you know like when you're in the school playground you're taking way too long to say <laughs> your no, mum's no, this no, no, like, no. you're in a fight and you start stuttering <laughs> no, no no I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking about I'm thinking about I'm thinking about bro Declan Rice has showed he's playing the six Ruben Neves hasn't shown me he's played the six and with Portugal he doesn't play the six he's not even there so I, I, I'm looking at my team and I've got an eight in Bruno, who's a very good eight, who's a box-to-box, can play the box-to-box role, can attack when he needs to, can defend when he needs to. Ruben Nevers, as a six, it's not better than Declan Rice as a six. And that's facts. I don't mind that. I don't, maybe, I don't maybe, mind that. maybe Ruben Nevers as... Ruben Nevers is a better eight than, 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 than Declan. I agree with that. But Ruben Nevers is not a better six than Declan Rice. I don't mind that. I just think, like... I don't see him. I don't see Ruben Neves as a number eight because, like, I want my number eight to be athletic. I need them to be able to move the ball. Neves is very static. And you said Declan Rice plays as a number six. Where? Where does he play as a number six? With with West Ham. But he has Suchek next to him. But the, oh, come on, man! Just 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 because he <laughs> come on, just, just because he bumps forward, that doesn't mean Casemiro bumps forward. What is he number eight as well? Come on! No, I, I I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you said six by himself. I don't I, like as a lone six. He plays England, next to someone. England, England. England play three at the back and he plays next to someone in midfield. Oh, this is tasty. <sighs> Look, um, I just think, right, and I'm blaming all three of you, if your centre-back choices were better, you could play any six you want, but your centre-back choices are slow. No, me, personally, honestly, honestly, me, personally, I don't mind Declan Rice. Honestly. Like, to save time, We've been going for a while on this podcast. Let's put Declan Rice in. That's it. I don't mind it. <laughs> Diplomatic. It's, it's two o'clock in the morning and Rumi's just gone, I just want to go to bed. You're so, spitting. Um, all right. Uh, I, I want to just publicly make it aware that I haven't backed Declan Rice, but <laughs> I've been overthrown. So it is Declan Rice, Madison and Bruno Gomez. You just wait when these boys get bummed on the transition. You know what? You know what? Um, you, know what, you, know what you know what? I'll compromise. I'll go with Nivis. <laughs> I'll go with what Nevis. What we do? No, no, I'll go with Nevis. I'll go with Nevis. You and just I'll... turned. You just turned like Adam uh, Webster. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just did a Seth Rollins. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, no. <laughs> I did a heel turn. No, no, I'm, you know, I'll go with Nevis. I'll go with Nevis. All right, R- Remedy. I'm guessing you're fine with Nevis, right? Give me Nevis, man. God, <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, if you said, give me rice, I would have gone, I'm done with this. <laughs> I can't believe there's a best of the rest team and rice is not in it. That is crazy. There's a reason Declan Rice is constantly linked 100 million. Neves, because he's English. English, he's not worth, he's nah, not worth mate. it. No oh, one's even God. tested the waters with Neves. Little 50, little 55, where wow. he's still there. So I have sources close to me saying that he might be going to a certain Anfield team. Mm. That's all I'm. They're going to be so sources. disappointed when they end up with Sunday Burger instead. But let's see. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the most British pronunciation ever. Sunday Burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Ruben Nevers. I'm delighted with that selection. Left winger. I've got Zaha. <laughs> yeah, same. I. Uh, yeah, me too. All right, that was, um, that was oh, smooth. God uh, stress levels just chilled a little bit there. Um, <laughs> right side, I've gone Jared Bowen. Oh, sh- oh shit. I forgot about him. Well, who, Faisal, who'd you go for? I went with a left winger instead. I compromised. Mm. I, uh, I went with a 
SM. Was it? Yeah, uh, 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 Saxaman. Sam Maximum. Saxophone? It's 2am, Sam Maximum. Yeah, after that volley today, I was just like, yeah, man. I love the guy. His vibes. Bowen's just so boring, man. Vibes. All yeah, I, I, went for, I went for Jared Bowen. I have a hefty agenda against Bowen. I don't mind Sam Maximum, please. I just, Wait, I, I, so you went Bowen, but you have a hefty agenda against Bowen? He played by the rules. We put a left winger, right winger. So. Yeah, I've got a Steven agenda, bro. There's certain players in life that really anger me when I watch them. Thomas Suchek, top of my list. <laughs> hefty agenda. Jared Bowen, top of my list. John McGinn is there too. <laughs> He's on my agenda list, but let, let me not talk about my agenda list. But yeah, we're going with solely right wingers. Jared Bowen makes it. If it's, if we're going on vibes and enjoyment, we go some maxima. This is absolutely hilarious that you've put Bowen in, but you've got a hefty agenda against Bowen, but you still put Bowen in. I followed the I followed the rules, but yeah, Jared Bowen. I hear that man's name. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> I, I think I think Jared Bowen's a great option. He scores goals and he's a wide he's a wide man. He's a killer in the box. He's got a killer instinct. Um, but I don't oppose ASM. <laughs> <laughs> he hated that. Jared, Jared Bowen is not it's not it's not the best West Ham winger in my opinion. Who is Ben Rama? Striker, 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 striker. Yeah, striker, striker, striker. I'm just saying. No, wait, wait, wait. No, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Don't talk about Jared Bowen like that, all right? Side Ben Rama doesn't even get a game. And th- and that and that is uh, uh, um, the word I was going to say. I don't want to get the podcast cancelled, fam. I don't want to. It comes down. It comes down to two things. It comes down to this, and it comes down to this. <laughs> that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to <laughs> that's the reason why it's not game, game time <sighs> alright um, okay let's move to our striker then um, I think, yeah thank you Faisal um, for those of you at home we will not be sharing that clip but if you can figure it out I, I respect you uh, through the middle I have gone for a little bit of recency bias but I do actually like him although weirdly enough um I don't love him. I've got Ivan Tony. Same. Same. Yeah, me, me too. Same. It, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of strikers outside. That that was a hard one. He's just one in because was... he's a bit better than the poo that is around him. No, no. no one I, guy I had to give free. a shout out is, is Mitrovic. That guy yes, is same, unbelievable. Same. Uh, I watched him yesterday. That guy is crazy. But he, there are not a lot of strikers in this league that strike me with fear. Mitrovic is one of them. He dunked on Gabriel Jesus for a header. I've not seen many headers like that. Rams not made a good save. Yeah, Mitrovic is crazy, but Tony, I just think, is technically more proficient. I'm I'm just going to put it out there very quickly. There was a lot of hate for Trent when Mitrovic dunked on him, and I said at the time, you lot ain't played football. When a six-foot-plus man who basically weighs a bag of potatoes times 10 leans on you, you're not jumping. Like, you can feel everything. And I genuinely mean that in like a crude way as well course, you're course, not jumping course. when a serbian beast is climbing on your back so um yes shout out trent it was not your fault uh Faisal, <laughs> you said you had three options mitrovic being one a hey, mitch was second and i had callum wilson third but it comes yeah. down to it, it comes down to injuries that's why he, he he was bottom of my list but yeah like yeah. tony technical tony's best of them all 
I do like Callum Wilson a lot. So that leaves us. Uh, Sakib, I'm hoping you've been writing this down because I have lost track of absolutely I everything. Uh, please read more. out our 11. Sanchez. Robert Sanchez in goal. Kieran Trippier right back. Joachim Anderson at centre-back. Partnered with Ben Botman. Raynan Lodi, is that his first name? Raynan Lodi? Yeah. Raynan Lodi at left back. Ruben Neves, CDM slash CM. Bruno Gimmerich at CM. And James Madison in the 10. Left wing, we have Wilfred Zaha. Right wing, we have Alan St. Maximan. And up front, we have Ivan Tony. And I would ask you, who do you want to manage this team? Also, outside should, the big six. That should be one easy, easy, easy answer. Outside easy. the big six. It's Potter, isn't it? Oh, hands down without the shadow of a oh, doubt. Sh- oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putting it ever so slightly out there. That team has a lot of uncontrollable <laughs> characters in it, and I don't know if that's Graham Potter's vibe. You know what? No, no, no. I'll go. I'll go with Eddie Howe. I'll go with Eddie Howe. Ooh, yeah, that's a boy. All that, all that hate on English managers. We just chose to. You swayed me. You swayed me. He I'll knows how to handle a maverick. I'm still going with Graham Potter. Where does this team finish? Seventh. No <sighs> higher. Way. What? Higher. Go on. It's be- the that midfield, that wait, midfield wait, 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 is better than it, my United's midfield. Is it? Is it based on the season? Yes. What yeah. does that mean? As in, like the performances this year, the current abilities, I guess. Yeah, current if abilities. Based, if it's based on this season, and taking taking account taking into account what United's done and what Chelsea's done, this team is finishing fifth. Yeah, I'm going to say fifth as well. I, I'm, it's in the top four race. Ooh, strong. Defence is complete and utter dross, man. <laughs> We're getting overrun <laughs> every game. That's why you have a Graham gray Potter who knows how to control transitions. Yeah, but we, we, oh, we went with Ruben Neves, actually. I changed my mind. Uh, for a second, right. I thought we were still with Declan and Rice. I changed my tone. This team's finishing top six. Um, uh, uh, just our, mid- our midfield our midfield is better than United midfield. And our midfield is it's, it's better. I'm not gonna, it's better than Chelsea's, in my opinion. Ooh, it, yeah, can, it, can, Arsenal. it can argue. I mean, Arsenal. Mm, mm. It, can, it, can uh, put, it can give it a push. Yeah, borderline Arsenal. Better than Liverpool. I, mean, I don't think Madison's better than Odegaard. That would be my only question mark. But the rest of it's better. It's better than Liverpool's. Better than Liverpool's. <laughs> so, so, what are we saying? Is this literally like a top four race? Yeah, but our back four is not better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, our, yeah our back four. <laughs> I'm saying top Whoa, six. It's a better midfield than Tottenham. Oof. Hoiberg. Uh, who's, yeah. Hoiberg, Benton, Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we actually have like one of the best sixes in the league, one of the best tens in the league, and one of the best eights in the league. So We're talking about top two midfield right here, right now. Yeah, but the back four, we keep forgetting the back four, bro. We're going to leak uh, goals for fun. We're, uh, but we're going to control most of the games anyway. <laughs> yeah, not with that front line. Zaha's not keeping the ball. Bowen's not keeping the ball. And, so and, you, and you, it's you, a maximum on the right. Mm. You drop you drop Tony, Zaha goes in behind. You, this is, you see this is vision. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's vibes. It is li- if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a manager, this team could finish in the top three. Oh, <laughs> he keeps everyone happy. Um Right, well, uh, that Ooh. was a lengthy chat on that. That was stressful, man. It was absolutely stressful. The Ruben Neves-Declan Rice debate, I honestly thought we were going to be here till five in the morning. Um, 
thankfully, we are not. Uh, as you will have noticed if you listened to last week's episode, we are going to finish with an icebreaker. This is essentially a question for social media. We're going to ask you the question. The video will then go out to people on social media. They will then give us answers, which will, of course, include yourselves. And then we will come into next week's episode and have a discussion about it. So this week's icebreaker is, as a fan, would you rather have Arsenal's invincible season or Manchester United's Premier League and Champions League double winning season of 07-08? So go find the Twitter poll, the Instagram, the TikTok, debate along. And on next week's show, we will discuss this at length because I've got a feeling it's going to be a very, very tight one. Um, guys, thank you very much. It is two o'clock in the morning uh, and I haven't given anyone a sleep update, but I slept two hours last night. I've been working 16 hours today, so I'm hella tired uh, and a little bit grumpy. And I would have been a lot more grumpy if Ruben Nevers wasn't in the team. But <laughs> not Ruben Nevers is in the team. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you to you guys listening as well. Uh, keep the five-star ratings coming. Keep the comments and the interaction on social media has been absolutely incredible. So keep that coming as well and of course subscribe follow whatever it is that you need to do on whatever podcast platform you choose to use and we will see you on the next episode which if i'm not wrong is going to be the transfer special Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.